show. Got a special guest for you. We're joined by former Tennessee Vol and current Tennessee Titans wide receiver, six foot four guy, doing big things out there for the Titans. Justin Hunter on the Boss Man Show. Justin, what's good, my man? Nothing much, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good, man. What's been good with you, man? Coming off of that ankle injury, I saw you out there running real good the last two weeks, man. So, how you feeling with your ankle, man? How you feeling about your game all, all around? Oh, man, appreciate you asking, man. My ankle's doing good, you know. It's a long road for recovery. Um, it's getting stronger, and I think I'm running all right now. I think uh, my play these past uh, few weeks have been good. You know, um, hoping, hoping you know, I can uh, clarify a spot on the team. No doubt, man. Like I said, man, you man, you a fourth year guy. I've been the Titans for four years, man. You a a big target out there. They got rid of DGB, man. And I, I read where it kind of it was opening for everybody. They they got rid of DGB after a year and a half, man. So for you, man, seeing them get real Dory like that, man, how's it feel for you going forward? Oh uh, yeah, it's just sad to see my my boy go. I feel like he's still a part of this offense, a big part of this offense. But you know, uh, he left, and you know, I had to step up again. Uh, just, you know, showing that I want to be on the team, I think that's the biggest thing. No doubt, folks. I'm Justin Hunter here on the Boss Man Show. Now, man, you got in, in your room with you, you got a guy like Harry Douglas. You know, you got Andre Johnson now, Rashad Matthews, man. What are these guys meant to you personally, helping you become a better receiver, teaching you about the game, learning a little, all these little different little ways, how to, these little vet tricks, how to beat coverages. So what have these guys done for you personally and professionally, man? I feel like it's just a big advantage. It's all around the board. You know, Andre, you know, he's been in the, year, uh, the league for quite some time now, you know, 14th year. Uh, Harry's 109. And Rashad just got a new contract. So, you know, uh, they've definitely been doing some good in the league to keep this being league for long and keep, you know, going on. And, you know, I just stay in the air, you know, talk to him whenever I can, just trying to get information about, you know, life and just as far as football. And I think it's a big, a big help for me and the young guys on the team. No doubt. And, you know, for you guys as receivers, man, they've seen every coverage possible. to be zone dogs, combo coverages, three, four quarters. So how do they help you in the classroom learning about those different defenses, how cornerbacks line up, how safety's kind of tip off the coverages? What have they taught you in that regard? Oh, man. So, yeah, like with the coverage and everything, you know, they've been in the league for a while, so they've seen a lot of things and everything. And they just try to help us, you know, pick up on certain things that tip, tip the defense off when they're trying to disguise it uh, as soon as they can just to help us out. But uh, I, I feel like so far, you know, with me being here, this is going to year two. Uh, it's been a big help for me. No doubt. And, Justin, also, man, when you guys got Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray there in the backfield along with the guys you had last year, watching you get the game yesterday, man, it seemed like you guys had a lot of tempo and how that running game spread out. The defense helped you guys in the passing game, open up lanes for you, Harry, other guys, Tajay Sharp, Rashard. So, how's about the running game and how it helps you guys out there as receivers as well? I feel like it helps us a lot. You know, uh, probably going to load the box. You know, Derrick Henry, he's a big guy, Marcus and, you know, he's, he's known around the league and everything. So, you know, uh, they, they're probably going to try to stuff the box and, you know, probably get a little bit more one-on-one access outside and everything like that. And, you know, it definitely can open up everything else, too, as far as offense. Man, Derrick Henry is a big dude, man. I, I mean, he, he's a running back, but could he play receiver, a tight end if, if he wanted to, as big as this guy is? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like he could. You know, he has good hands and everything. And uh, I haven't seen much of the route running yet, but in the backfield, the route running is pretty good. So, you know, I think he could be. Man, because I was like, I was like, dang, this dude big him up. Like, I knew he was big, but I'm like, dude, it's big. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. But, yeah, man, I feel you on that. And for you, man, you're a tall guy yourself. So do you feel like when you're out there on the field, being six foot four against these shorter, shorter DBs and all that, that you playing basketball on grass, pretty much, you have an advantage already because of your God-given gifts already of height and speed. Yeah, you already know. Uh, that's one of my things. Like, you know, just being six four, just a little edge of a lot of people. So, you know, they can get a ball in a certain place and, you know, just being, being able to go get it. So that's on the basketball court, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, folks, we on Justin Hunter here on the Boss Man Show. Folks, check him out. ATL, number 15 for the Titans, doing big things up there in Nashville. Now, 
as you've been lead four years, man, coming from Tennessee and the SEC, you feel like that helps you get ready to be an NFL player because the SEC is probably the highest level of football in college football. So you feel like playing with the Vols helped you become a better player as you came to the league and what's so, so, so a big adjustment for you because you played high level football in college. Uh, I feel like yeah, just you know, uh, just coming out of the SEC, you know, you play very like the top teams every week. Basically, you know, uh, it's always somebody ranked in the uh, SEC, and it's always the top five team you gonna play. And you know, it's just a great competition. It's great to compete, and I feel like it is you know, a step under. But you know, I love it. I love it. Now, speaking of your Vols, man, they got big expectations this year, man. Talking about them winning the SEC East with Dobbs and Bush Jones doing big things, man. How you feel about your boys up there on the hill in Knoxville? Hey, are they going to do it or are they not, man? Man, I think they do it. I just feel like, you know, Bush Jones doing a great job, you know, building the team everything like that. Yeah, great recruits saying, you know, we got Jalen Hurd, you know, Josh Dobbs leading the offense this year. So, you know, um, got a lot of talent out there, and I think we can do it. They're very explosive for your running game. You know, out of this world too. Now, when you played there, man, what was your favorite away game? Was it the Florida game, Georgia? Or who do you consider your biggest rival at UT as well? Uh, first of all, I think one of the coolest away games I played at probably is against South Carolina. You know, the crowd just like really into it and everything like that. And right before kickoff, they, you know, they got a little chance and everything. So it was real, it was real cool playing there. Uh, I think probably one of the biggest rivals. I think you got two like Florida and you know Alabama. You know, for years, you know, we've been uh, going at it with each other and everything like that. So it's been real, uh, real, real heated. No doubt, man. I'll tell you what, man. Folks don't know. Men just talk about basketball all the time. He's a Laker fan. I don't know why he's a Laker fan. They ain't done that in years. <laughs> but. <laughs> But, man, I'm talking about the Lakers, man. You know, you, Kobe's gone this year. You got Young Taylor with Russell and Ingram and Julius Randle. You think those guys going to do some big things in the future or, or not, man? Talk to me. Man, I, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, you know, Kobe fan. I think they're going to do something whenever, every year. So, you know, uh, they're going to do it. They're going to make the playoffs. we got a young team. And, you know, it's big things, you know, coming to the league, you know. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, he's going to step Well, he's already stepped up, but he's, you know, he's going to take it by phone and shit. No doubt. Like I said, so do you look look at the Hawks or, or my magic? Do you ever look at them and say, hey, you know, I know you're close to the Hawks in Memphis as well. Do you ever catch them when, you, when you're at home after practice or whatever like that? Yeah, you know, I always, you know, around the league and whatnot. Memphis is doing really good. You know, he's getting a lot of good players in the offseason and everything like that. And, you know, with the Hawks and just getting Dwight Howard, you know, it's a real big foot down there in the paint. No doubt, man. So, last thing for you, man. Uh, I know you, 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 me and you talked about shooting ball, man, yesterday at, at the game, man. We asked this up, man. We said one was shooting come between me and you, Harry, Dre Johnson, Rashad. We have a shooting contest, man. And we see who the best shooter out of. I'm telling you, no, no, no lie. At Harry's event for Christmas, I was out there in Stacey Adams in a blazer hitting threes, man. He don't want to admit it, but I was. All I know is, all I know is, if it was seen all of us, I would win. Okay. Okay. You got to threes, mid range jump shots. Give everybody okay. a chance. Okay, let's set it up. Then look here, look here. I'll, I'll look here. I'll drive it from Atlanta. I'll see you. Let me know when <laughs> we find a gym, but I'll be there and we will do it, man. I'm down for it. <laughs> no doubt, man. Justin, I'll tell you, man. Great to have you on the show today, man. Wish you the best of luck, bro. And I look here. Any, any time, any place, man. You're welcome on the Boss Man Show. Look forward to supporting you all the way around, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. No doubt, folks. Just a hundred here on the Boss Man Show. Coming up next. We'll bump the show for you after the break.
the Jared the Boss Man Show. Got special guests for you, as promised, coming out of Little Rock, Arkansas. He's from there. He's coaching there. Now, he was associate head coach last year, assistant coach from 04 to 08. Now he's back with the Trojans for good as the head man this time out of Little Rock. Wes Flanagan on the Boss Man Show. Coach Flanagan, I've been watching from afar, man. Glad to have you on the show finally. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm living out the dream every day, obviously waking up in the morning and, you know, being here in my hometown, man, coaching, you know, Little Rock's team, man, it's a dream come true. Not many of us, you know, get the opportunity, man, to coach a college team, especially in, in their own city. And so I'm blessed, man. I'm fortunate, man. I don't take this very, I don't take this for granted at all, this opportunity. And uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge, man. Did you ever, as a kid, in your wildest dreams ever imagine that you would be the head coach of Little Rock one day? Did that ever cross your mind as a kid? <laughs> well, you know, we all have things, man, that we want to try to accomplish, man. We have these these sights and these dreams, man. But, you know, to be honest with you, you, you just never know, man, if you're ever going to be able to, you know, fulfill those dreams. And, and obviously, you know, that time has come. You know, I've always... Uh, you know, cherish, you know, Little Rock and the experiences I had here growing up. Um, you know, had a lot of good experiences. And obviously I went to Auburn and, you know, kind of grew up as a, as a young man. And, you know, now I'm back home after traveling the world. And I'll tell you, man, it's basketball. Uh, it was, this basketball I picked up at a young age. You know, my dad's a uh, Hall of Fame high school coach, but I picked it up as a young age, man. And it's taken me uh to see a lot of different things man experience a lot of great things and uh you know i feel very fortunate oh i hear that and coach what does it mean to you to be able to put your own stamp on little rock now where it's your show now it's your program and you can put your own stamp on it leave your own legacy now as the coach of little rock now well uh it means a lot um you know i'm looking forward to it as i said i think i'm a guy man that's always kind of stepped up the challenges uh, this is a big challenge, man. Last year we were 30 and five. You know, we had the most wins in the nation. Uh, our attendance, you know, cre- increased the most, uh, in the nation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, happening here. A lot of excitement. Our fans are hungry. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited, man, to have this opportunity. But, you know, the good thing about it, man, is I got six seniors that were part of that team last year. Uh, those guys tasted, you know, some success. And I think they're hungry, man. To, you know, taste some more, and, and, you know, I think those guys in the end, man, will help you get a lot of things done here in this first year. And I would think, Coach, you probably have one of the, the older teams in the nation with six seniors on your roster. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to be very blessed to have that much veteran leadership on your roster to help your new recruits and your younger guys come along and keep the fl- keep the flow going that you had last year. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think coaching from time to time, man, is a little overrated, man. I, I think, number one, as a coach, man, your job is to, you know, make sure that everybody's on the same page, you know, and everybody's, uh, you know, following the game plan and, and you know, being disciplined and uh, that type of stuff, man. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to players and players making plays. And, uh, you know, if you if you practice good habits every day, which we did last year, uh, and you got good talent, you know, you'll have a chance to win a lot of games. And I, I think this year, obviously, we'll have a little bit of both. And, uh, you know, again, I look forward to us, you know, competing for another Sun Belt Conference championship. Obviously, our conference, man, is really tough. You know, Georgia State is always pretty good. You know, Georgia Southern had a really young team that I think will be good this year. Uh, you know, and then Coastal Carolina is coming in. You know, that's my old, that's my old ball coach, Coach Cliff Ellis, man, there. So, uh, it's a really good conference, man, and I'm I'm looking forward to competing in it. Now, how how much you talk to Coach Ellis now since he's the coach over at Coastal Carolina? Do y'all <laughs> are y'all still sharing ideas? Like, nah, we enemies now to a degree. <laughs> How's that going for you, well, man? <laughs> yeah, me and Coach, man, we've always stayed in contact. Obviously, man, this profession, man, there's, there's so many things that you know you're doing. You know, obviously, you're getting pulled in all kind of different directions, and you know, you're also trying to take care of your family. And he's a family man. I am too, uh, but we've always stayed in contact. Obviously, he called me and obviously, man, let me know how proud he was of me for getting this opportunity. You know, my hard work, my dedication, obviously, it paid off. And uh, he called me, and then uh, it was kind of a funny feeling, man, you know, going to the Final Four and sitting in that Sun Belt meeting, man, you know, in the first time. And, you know, you got your, got your old college coach sitting next to you, man, and now he's your 
your guy you're competing against. You know, it was a funny feeling, man. But I, I know, you know, when, when we meet up, play each other, you know, he's going to be trying to win the game as well as I am. We're both great competitors. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it'll be a great, great experience. One of the best coaches, man, to, you know, ever coach college basketball, probably doesn't get the uh, amount of credit that, that he should. Folks, we got Wes Flanagan here on the Boss Man Show, and the coach Little Rock Trojans here with me today here talking about his program. And, Coach, what for you, uh, you moved over that one seat. How much has that one seat meant to you for us? your responsibilities, getting pulled every which way? How has it been? Did you did you realize how much it took to be the head man once it over until being in that seat now? <laughs> well, I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase right now, man. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, everybody's excited about what we did last year and, and what we have coming back. Uh, you know, I hadn't really uh, – got the full effect of being that head coach, you know, because I hadn't called a play yet or sat in that bench, man, when it's been, you know, uh, 52 to 52 with, you know, 13 seconds left. But uh, I think I'm prepared for it, obviously, man. Like I told you earlier, I'm the son of a Hall of Fame coach. I think that, uh, you know, obviously I've watched, you know, him all my life. But I've been around some great coaches too, man. I've uh, been here with Chris Beard and, and I worked for Mike Davis. Both of those guys come from you know, worked for Bobby Knight. So I have a little bit of that uh, in my background. And then I worked for Doc Salad, too, who also worked for Eddie Sutton. And so my background, uh, you know, I got I got a great coaching treat. And, uh, you know, I don't have that experience yet. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge again. I think I'm more capable. Oh, I, I believe you, Coach. You're a former – I feel like any former player can coach the game because you played the game. So, you know the strategy of actually having been a player. So, I feel like that can right. transition over to the sidelines to draw a play up. You can go out with what you're seeing on the court and say, hey, I see this right here. We're going to run this through this. You know, all, all the counters and everything. So, I feel like if you play the game, easy transition for me, you know. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and, again, it takes a work ethic. Uh, it takes a work ethic, man. And I think – you know, there's a lot of, you know, NBA guys that sometimes come down to college, man, they just don't understand. You know, obviously you have a great background, man, in terms of basketball. Uh, but I, I think when you're coaching college basketball, it's so important, uh, number one, uh, that, you know, I think it's more of a counseling deal. I mean, 75%, 80% of it is mental. And you have to be able to reach those guys. And then, you know, the, re- the rest of it, the 20 or 15% level, uh, you know, it comes down to a work ethic, you know, watching that film, you know, sitting down that grade, that film, watching that film, and then obviously putting together a plan that your guys and your team can carry out. So uh, I've been, you know, doing this, you know, 18 years as an assistant. Uh, again, I've, I've watched and, uh, you know, kind of been mentored by a lot of different guys. Some guys have had a lot of success in our business. And uh, now it's my time, and I'm, 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 I'm really, really excited about it, i tell you that. Now, Coach, you've been in some Bell Conference. I mean, you have a lot of places you can go recruit to find talent. Now, like Atlanta being one, you know, you're right there. Memphis is right at your back door there. Also going to Texas yep. as well. So, but right. you've been in some Bell Conference. You've been a Little Rock native and you coaching there for previously and now you're back as a head coach now. Do you feel like you have an advantage recruiting because you know all the hot spots of the conference and of Little Rock <laughs> how to get players? Right, right. Well, you know, I worked primarily in this region. You know, my first job <clears throat> was at Northwest Mississippi, which is 25 minutes outside of Memphis. Uh, so I have some contacts there, and then I went from there back to Little Rock. Obviously, you know, my connections here in the state, I've always had a guy, you know, from Arkansas on every roster that I've been on as a coach, an assistant coach. Uh, you know, from there, I, I kind of brought my rise and you know, established a new network in Nebraska where I was going into Baltimore, going into Chicago, Chicago quite a bit in Kansas City, um, and then back back to the SEC and, and, and in Mississippi. And so uh, all of those connections, man, to help our program. But, you know, I'll tell you this too, J.R., we got, we got a great staff that I've been able to assemble. Uh, Mitch Cole, uh, being from Texas A&M, uh, Kwanzaa Johnson, my associate head coach that, that was, that's coming from us for, from TCU, uh, and then Solomon Bowden, who was some of the player of the year here in Little Rock, uh, who started out in South Florida, whose dad actually coached at Ole Miss, um, probably the best team ever played at Ole Miss, that, that included my brother. Uh, so uh, I got a great staff that's going to be able to help me you know, get through this process this first year. 
And uh, we have a lot of connections, man, throughout the Southeast. And, uh, you know, I feel really good about where our program is headed. Folks, we got West Flanagan here on the Boss Man Show talking about the Little Rock Trojans. They're going to do big things with it. Hey, look, I know we don't know y'all here in the A-Town love Coach Hunter, but check out Coach Flanagan, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> check him out. <laughs> check him out, people. Check him yeah, out. I, I, spent, I spent a lot of time in the A, man, you know, being in Auburn. You know, we come to Atlanta quite a bit, you know, especially in the offseason when I was in college. You know, again, man, I've been, you know, at UAB for two years. I was at uh, Mississippi State for three years, and so uh, I've been in Atlanta quite a bit. I've know I've got a lot of friends and associates there. Uh, really excited about coming back there and put my team on the floor there, and hopefully, uh, you know, getting getting a W. Oh, I hear that now, Coach. Now speaking <laughs> of getting that W, when these people at ATL watch your team play, what do you want them to take take away from watching your guys come out here to the Georgia State Sports Arena when they play the, the, the Panthers this year? What do you want your team to do out there, man? Well, hopefully we'll find fun team the team to watch. Um, you know, I, I want our guys to play hard and I want our guys to have some toughness. You know, our motto last year uh was, was four to one, which was a slope on for us, you know, and, and basically it was four is the one as the mental is the physical. You know, man, it's just a, a deal that, you know, when every time we, we face some adversity, man, that's something that we would go to and, and pull from and, and we stayed kind of stone faced throughout that and it got us through some tough times. You know, there's a lot of times last year where, you know, we were down thirteen or fourteen points at one point in the game. We managed to just kinda of hang in there, figure out a way to win. But four to one is, is what we're about. You know, I want my team to be mentally tough, but I want us to be fun to watch and I want us to have some fun and um, you know, I hope people enjoy watching us. Now, I'm curious to ask you about your non-conference scheduling. Uh, are you going to be a coach that co- schedules hard games early in the year to get your team ready for some belt play? Or are you going to try to build up some confidence for your guys, get some wins at home, get some guys to come play maybe on, on two-for-one basis? So how how you feel you're going to go about that making a non-conference schedule, Coach? Well, obviously, I think, you know, being at this level, being in this league, I think every game is challenging. You know, it's not like you can walk out there at any moment, man, and take a game for granted, you know, when you're coaching at the, you know, quote-unquote, you know, mid-major level or anybody's capable of beating you. So we have to approach every game the same way. Um, you know, I think after going through uh, what we went through last year, obviously playing a tough schedule, you know, we had, you know, probably, uh, you know, three or four games here at home. The rest of those games were on the road. Um, you know, we thought that, uh, you know, us starting out 10-1, and one, uh, in the Don Conference and then getting in the conference and being 17-3 uh, would, would possibly give us a chance to get automatic bid. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it still came down to us to win and winning the Sunbelt Conference Championship Tournament. And so, uh, you know, you, you got to kind of, you know, number one, you, you want, want your team to be prepared for conference, but you don't want to, you know, overdo it too. And so, with us playing all of those role games last year, you know, we were able this year to fix our schedule. We have a little bit more control of it. Uh, obviously, we'll have a few more uh, non-conference games here this year. I think we have uh, actually seven, uh, whereas last year we had four. And, uh, you know, I want to continue. You know, obviously, we'll get started. We, we lost a couple of key guys. Uh, but, obviously, we got some tough home games, too, in Idaho and Tulsa. But, um, you know, there's kind of a missing match there. Uh, the key is uh, just trying to win every game on the schedule. You really can determine, you know, who's going to be good, who's going to be bad on that schedule when you set it in the preseason. Uh, but the key is just focusing in, taking it one game at a guy, and one game at a time, and trying to win every every single game on that schedule. Coach, I can imagine it was hard to schedule because people that really didn't want to play you guys. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing, the good thing is, man, we pretty much had it all done. Man. We needed, you know, when I got the job, I think we were missing maybe two games on the schedule. So, uh, you know, that that was that was the best of all. Now, obviously, this next schedule is going to be uh, probably a, probably a bigger chore, especially if we come back and have another more successful season. But. uh you know, our, our schedule was pretty much done when I got the job. Uh, now, Coach, is there any rules you want to see maybe tweaked by the rules committee, maybe advancing the ball uh, at the end of the game, 24 second shot clock, making the three the NBA three-point line, resetting the shot clock after a, a rebound? Is that some rules you want to maybe yeah. see them look at, maybe to make the game a little bit better, even, even, maybe even go in the quarters even like they did in the women's game? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of talk about us going to quarters. I think – 
you know, right now when you look around, um, you know, athletics in general, I think we're still, we're, we're probably the only game left, uh, the only competition left where you just still have two halves. And so, uh, there's a lot of talk that's been, you know, about that, you know, going to quarters. I talked to, you know, some of the women's coaches and, uh, they, they seem to think it sped the game up a little bit. Uh, but whatever they do, man, the game is, is forever evolving. You know, us as a staff, we'll make the adjustment. And, uh, you know, this is a game we love, man. No matter what they do with it, you know, we're going to have fun playing it and coaching it. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to, man, to establishing my first year. You know, here's the head coach and continue to do good things and big things for Little Rock. Now, Coach, I'll tell you what, man, it's been a pleasure have you on the show today, man. I usually don't man, talk to guests as long, man. Coach, but you were so good, I kept on going with you. You know, I usually, <laughs> I usually count the guests, but I'm like, yeah, man, Coach is good. He, I'm going to give him some more time. <laughs> I'm just well, being real with well, you. You good. That, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. I've had fun. It's, hey. it's been, like I said, it's been, it's been a joy, man. It's a dream come true. And, you know, every day, man, I post this, man, like, like it's uh, – like, it's the last day of my life, man. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it, man. And my guys are working hard, and, and I'm excited about it. Well, Coach, I look forward to supporting your team this year. Said, coach, I'm neutral, Coach. Look, I went to Tennessee State, so I have no <laughs> I have, I have no dog in this fight here. <laughs> in the Sunbelt Conference, I'm cool with everybody. So, <laughs> I'm neutral, so you got my support. I support everybody. You know, all the guests on the show, I support you guys. If you need me, I'll help you out, Coach. Just don't know. If you need me, I will help you out. I have no bias here, buddy. <laughs> Hey, man, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. I look forward to seeing you, man, when we come that way, okay? Yes, indeed, Coach. F- folks, Coach was flagging here on the Boss Man Show. Coming up next after the break is my man, Tony T-Bone Williams, giving us the Jets and Giants update and some Knicks news as well after the break. Gerald the Boss Man Show was joined by Justin Hunter, Titans wide receiver, Little Rock Trojans head coach, Wes Flanagan. And as promised, I told you we had back on the show. I ran from Metro New York. I covered the Jets, the Giants this year. The guy I'm doing multiple things, but he's always down for the Boss Man Show. The one and only Tony T-Bone Williams. What's up, bro? <laughs> Not much, man. How are you, man? Time maintain. Fine with you. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's Getting this grind on, man. Getting this grind on, and what the grind is, man, for me is what you, the New York Jets, man. What's up with Christian Hackenberg, man? He's not seeing the field, and I hear Todd Bowles gonna play Geno and maybe Bryce Petty to see for the number two spot. So, do you think they're gonna stash Hackenberg on IR or trade Petty or Smith? What's going on with the quarterbacks up there with the Jets, man? Well, we definitely know who number one is. That's says Patrick. Uh, after that, it's kind of jumbled uh, between Gino and Bryce. We'll see more t- on, on Saturday night between those two because right now, Bowles said that Gino is still his number two, but Bryce is pushing very hard on him. Bryce has had very good performances in camp uh, this summer and uh, as well as the games he's played in. So right now, it's a, three, it's a three-man roster at quarterback. And like you said, they probably will stash Hackenberg on IR or they might all just keep four quarterbacks all together. If they, if they keep all four quarterbacks, the Hackenberg goes to the scout team, and then they find a way to either move Petty or Geno or just have those three guys active roster every week. Now, 
how has Fitzpatrick looked coming off of that long layoff? Is, was he in shape, or how was he? Well, there were several memes about Fitzpatrick coming back. Uh, he came in uh, a little pudgy, and he came with a full head of hair all the way around, beard and top of the head. So he, he looked different, but he's, he's working stuff back into shape. He's looking pretty good. The offense has been had looked pretty good under his control, as we saw and expected. So right now, things are, are going pretty well. The only thing we need to see now is see the whole unit intact, and that means getting that Matt Forte, because that Forte hasn't played a down yet this season. Now, is he going to play in this game Saturday night, or is he going to debut when the season starts out there on September 11th? Well, Bowles prefers to have all the starters play at least a half. Uh, Saturday night at the Giants. Uh, what he expects uh, Forte to play, even with the hamstring injury, because he doesn't want Forte's first hit to be on September 11th opening day. He prefer to have his running back stick in contact, you know, you know, between now and September 11th. So it's up to I think his his hamstring. If he's good to go, then and then we'll see for that, that first half. Now, is his? Do you think his hamstring is stable? Because with a hamstring, if you just make the wrong twinge, it might linger the whole season long. So, does Bowles really want to chance it in a really non-important game of a tweak, and he's out even longer? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, hamstrings are very tricky. It's probably the most trickiest uh, injury in all of, uh, all of pro sports because it, it can grab you at any time. Uh, but I do think that Bowles really wants to see. Forte in action. He does not want Forte to have his first hit happen. Like the Bengals defense, that is pretty darn good. I think he wants to see them go through motions a little bit here Saturday against the Giants, and there may be the finale against Philadelphia. So I think he definitely wants to see it in there. But like you said, he'll he'll know pregame warm-ups how his, how his back feels. Now, how the defense looking on the top bowls in year two? Are they looking – fast and furious out there, or we think they're going to uh, take a step back this year? It's funny. I just wrote a piece about that yesterday about the defense. They they looked kind of sluggish the first two games of the preseason. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge them right now because they, they haven't played many series together just yet and not in chat, of course, because Mahal Wilkinson has not played yet either. Uh, and the fact that they played a high-powered offense in the, in the Jaguars that opened a game at the at, at, at stadium, and honestly, they went up and down the field in them. That first thing, first thing, Jags offense went up and down the field on on the Jets defense. So right now, it's still a work in progress. They're still working out the kinks. Uh, Bowles wants them to play a full half at least and see if they can gel together and maybe get Wilkinson on the field as well. And uh, D. Milner's hurt again, man. This dude can't stay healthy. For nothing. Yeah, it's a shame because he was just a high draft pick for the Jets. Uh, but like you said, he, he, is, he has an inability to stay on the field, and, and you can't help the club from the tub. So if you're always in a trainer's room, uh, it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't hurt, it doesn't help his chances. And think about this. He is not the pick of this new regime. So, I mean, you know how that goes. When a new regime comes in, they kind of want to clean house and get rid of the old uh, dead weight. So I would be, I would be, behoove Milner to get on that field and play because you know what he is not beholden. Scott McCagnan, GM, is not beholden to, you know, to, to the player. And you know what? I think that may bite my guest in in the butt, Justin Hunter, because he's not a pick of John Robinson and Mike Malark in Tennessee. I think he may be out with like Dorio Green Beckham. Justin, I love him to death. He's a cool dude, but I don't think he'll survive this new regime in Tennessee. You know? Yeah, that, and that's how it goes because you know, if you're not the pick of a of of new regime, you know, like example, look what happened today in Cleveland with with a Tiki Mingo, who was the first round pick of the old regime for the Browns. The new guy comes in and get rid of him for a fifth round pick, the Patriots. If you're not performing and you're not in the eye of the new beholder, you can be gone in an instant. Exactly. And, you know, football truly a business. is always bone, like I always say, it's not what you know, it's who you know or who drafted you. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how kids you keep jobs around here. So we got that going. And how the Giants looking, man, on the – on the McAdoo, are they happier now not being under the Tom Coughlin rules now? Are the guys actually saying it out loud, or are they kind of being quiet about that? 
Oh, no, not at all. It's the same rules, pretty much. It's still the same rule with the clock. As far as, far as being five minutes fast, that means if you're five minutes early, you're late. So there's, there's, those kind of rules are still staying in place with the Giants and McAdoo. It's been a pretty seamless transition. Uh, the only difference is that Jerry finally gave the Giants more talent. I think he short Coughlin all these years by not opening, not opening up the, the pocketbook to get more talent in there. But we see now the McAdoo, they have a whole new starting defense in there. So I, I think the only change is the new faces. But as far as the rules and, 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 you know, and all the, you know, the small quirks of the program, it's just what you're saying. And uh, Victor Cruz, is he going to make the roster or is he in danger of getting cut? Being cut, I don't. I can't see that happening unless it's a, a you know injured waves kind of thing. Uh, as far as because when he's healthy, which has hasn't happened since October twelfth of two thousand fourteen, but when he's healthy, he's still a viable option in the passing game. Uh, the plan is to have him play these practice the last two days in a row now. So the plan is to have him play Saturday, and they need that. They need to see him get hit because it's a lot different playing seven on seven or eleven on eleven passing drills when you're not getting hit or being be brought down to the ground. So they got to see him take contact. They got to see him go against guys like, you know, a, a guy like Revis or, or someone like that, of that ilk, or Buster Screen, someone of that ilk. They need to see him in, in real competitive action and getting hit. I can't see him getting cut, but you know what? They do need him to play well and actually be healthy and upright. You got that right. And the Giants got new defense, like I said, new players. Olivier Vernon paid a bunch of money, a lot of money. Oh, my God. Way too much money. Uh, how is JPP looking? Is he more comfortable with that claw now he has? Yeah, the, the glove is fitting fine. Uh, he says it's the same room motion now as, as it was, as it ever was. Uh, I've seen him in the weight room. And he, yeah, I've seen him with the dumbbells and, and right hands, and it's all seamless. It looks the same. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look the same, but to him, he said it's no real big difference for him. That's the most important thing. As a D lineman, you're in a hand fight every every play, and you must be, you must be able to grab on and hold and, and tug at jerseys. And if he couldn't do that, then he won't be the old JPP. But what we see so far in practices and the games, we see him look pretty well, and, and he looks fresh, he looks, and he looks energized, and I think that he's in for a bigger year than expected. And I know you like to look at the Broncos, man. What's going on with that, that quarterback battle out there, man? Could, could we really have a, a starting opening day of Trevor Simeon? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I tell my Bronco-loving friends, don't panic, because it's not about that quarterback position. It's important that that position just does not scratch a Ferrari. That means no turnovers, no boneheaded plays, which probably means no Sanchez. But he's known for that. Simeon is the more rock solid, steady kind of kid, where he's a pure pocket passer. He goes through progressions, you know, as, as, almost almost like almost like a robot, and he makes the safe, smart throws. That's all they need. They need a guy to move the chains when it's third and six, third and seven. The running game will be the backbone of the offense, and the defense will have their back as usual. So really, I would probably say Simeon, even though he's not taking a single snap or a single pass yet in his career. He's probably leading. If he, has, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't have a big screw-up against the Rams on Saturday, it, it's his job. And now that's a great test because he played San Fran's front seven, and he did well on the sort of pick six for the half. And that's a good defense, though, San Fran. He does the same thing with the Rams where he, where he moves the chains but doesn't have any turnovers. It's his job. Okay, now, are you liking what we said about Dak Prescott? You know, he I know it's preseason and he's playing his vanilla defenses, but you like what Dak is doing, and you think that Dak solved the Dallas Cowboys back up to Tony Romo issue because you know as a Cowboy fan, I know he's going to get hurt eventually. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not sure if we ever talked about Dak before on your show, but I've loved Dak since his junior year at Mississippi State. I've loved Dak since his junior year. He's He's been an amazing story of what he's come from, the tragedy with his mom passing, uh, the cancer early, and, and coming through uh, you know, through the ranks almost unnoticed you know, through the college ranks until his junior year. We beat Alabama and had that great run. Uh, I, I, I love the kid, and I, I haven't been on the Kool-Aid like everyone else, because I've already been loving the kid for years now. So I, I, I almost – I'm not shocked by this. The kid is poised. He's heady. He's smart. He's a competitor, great athlete. So, I, and, and behind that off the line, <laughs> and throwing the Dez 
and have the running game behind him. You know what? If Romo does go down, God forbid, I'm sorry, I'm a big Romo fan, but if he goes down, there's no, there won't be as much panic in, in, in Cowboys camp, I, I don't think. No, nah, not at all. And finally, I'll feel top before we go to NBA real quick. Josh Norman. Dude is writing checks his butt cannot cash. He is a cover three zone corner like Richard Sherman. They don't play man. He plays a side. Now he's saying that Cam Luke Kickley got all the marketing deals and got all the pub. Uh, there are the marquee guys in Carolina, my man, and you are a loose <laughs> cannon. So what is your take on him running his mouth with the Redskins you know, like he's this big bad wolf and he's only playing a side? <laughs> well, he's feeling himself. He's cashing all those Dan Snyder checks. And, and you said it best. He was a, a zone cover corner, where he only played his his corner of the field. Uh, he 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 very rarely rolls around and covered the guys. Say like and say like a a Peterson, Pat Peterson, or Keith Talib or Chris Harris. Those guys followed their targets all game, uh, and that's why the Panthers let him go. That's why the Panthers rescinded that that qualifying offer because they knew they had uh, guys on that roster next man up mentality. That can fill that void, and they were going to pay that kind of money to a guy who only covers uh, a top receiver part part time. So I, I I say God bless to him. They got that money from Dan Snyder. I say it's great that he's over there in Washington now because now he gets to face Beckham twice a year, which I can't wait to see. He gets to face Dez Bryant twice a year. I can't wait to see that either. But you know what? He is cashing these checks. I'm telling you. As you said, I don't think that he can back it up on a full time basis now going forward with ODB twice a year and Dez twice a year. And I love Mary Thomas' response. You know what? Look at the scoreboard. That's all I'm going to tell you. No doubt. And, man, talk about the Knicks, man. Camilo Anthony, man, said he's going to retire from Olympic basketball. He got asked three gold medals. And Jim Boeheim came out and said Camilo probably will not win a title in the NBA. Do you feel like Camilo Anthony is winning a college title and a, and a three golds? Is he got a, had a, well, got a good career of winning and that he just been in bad situation where he could not win and get over the hump. You know, I've been called a Carmelo apologist since he came over to New York. I, I'm a big Carmelo supporter. Uh, there are times where I do apologize to him, but I, I said that he's had a, a great Hall of Fame career. There's no shame in if his career ended right now, you know, as far as the accolades, where he's won, you know, in high school and college, he's won in, 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 in you know, international play. I, I'm a big fan of Carmelo. I know what he said. It was, I think it took out of context and blown up, namely Stephen A. Smith blew it, I think, in, in, in the wrong way. I think what he was saying that his career is very accomplished, and it really is. And not everyone can win a title in the NBA. But then again, not everyone can win three gold medals as he's done. So his career is standalone on its own, and it's a Hall of Fame career right now today if you stop playing it. But it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's encompassed almost everything in, in, as far as being a great basketball player in his career. Now, do you think that the 04 Olympics is a black eye on Larry Brown's career about how miserable he made those guys and how them guys didn't want to be there and how that team is flamed out in Athens? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm amazed that that team failed. I still look back on that and still think how they failed. But that roster talent, then again, they were all so young at the time. But you had Larry Brown. You had you had at least Tim Duncan in that team. So it's hard for me to, to fathom that that kind of roster can, can can be that bad in national play. But I do think that Larry sucked the life out of you. <laughs> Larry's a great coach. Larry's an all-timer, an all-time great coach. He had a coach for Jackson in the NBA Finals once. So he's an all-time great coach. But Larry also wears on you eventually. And I think that maybe he kind of sucked the life out of that, out of that atmosphere down there. So it's a shame that it happened. And it was a black mark on the on our international record, but you know what? Ever since then, it's an all golden. And final one for you, Bone. Thank you for your time, as always, brother. Derrick Rose, man. Derrick <laughs> Rose running his mouth saying the Knicks can win it can win every game next year. There's no reason why they shouldn't win every game next year. What's wrong with Derrick Rose? He's not the same guy he once was. I mean, I like the move the Knicks have made, but come on, D Rose. Get in reality, my man. You are fighting for the fifth to eighth seed at best. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if they're healthy, knock on wood, they're probably fighting for a fifth, maybe a fourth, if all things play out right. But you know, it, it, Derek being confident in himself, being confident in the team, I can handle that. I mean, if he said no, if he said, you know, I think we're a tenth seed, everyone kill him. So I don't kill a guy for having confidence in the team. Then again, he is completely nuts because the Knicks, 
can't win every game possible, as, as many possible games they can. Listen, even if it's on 2K, Knicks aren't winning every game on 2K. So it's it, it's just a part of real life where it'll it'll hit him by come I said by January when Knicks are, are treading around 500 and fighting for that six seven eight uh, spot. Uh, but you know what? I can't kill a guy for being confident in himself and a team. But like I said, that's how they play the game, and that's how we'll see. I'm waiting for it, Bone, on 12-28. He comes to Atlanta to ask him the question, how's it going for you whenever every game, Derek? <laughs> I wonder where the next guy from my locker room for asking that question. But I will do it on 12-28. Listen, I've been I've been the Knicks for about eight years now covering that team. I dare you to ask that question. So he'll get pulled from the competition so fast you get whiplash. The Knicks PR team will not have that. <laughs> well, hopefully Bobby being in Atlanta, I can get, get away with it maybe. Hopefully. Because <laughs> I won't be coming to the guard anytime soon. So hopefully I can get away with it and get, and get, still get credentialed by the Knicks down the road, hopefully. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Bone, before you go, man, you got anything you want to let the listeners know how to follow you, your articles? Talk to them real quick before you go and get out of here, Bone. Oh, sure. You can find me at metro.us uh, and just go to the New York sports section. And I'm, I'm all over the map now doing Jets, Giants, and Knicks. And you can find me also on Twitter at T-Bone8. And you can also find me on Facebook at uh, T-Bone8Sports. Folks, that's my man, Tony T-Bone Williams. Bone, as always, man, thank you for your time. You're one of our best guests on the show. We love having you on. Always insightful, my man. Hey, man, you anytime. You know that. No, no doubt, folks. Those Tony T-Bone Williams coming in. It's the Boss Report after the break. Show had a great show for you. Joined by Tennessee Titans wide receiver Justin Hunter. Joined by Arkansas Little Rock new head coach out there doing big things, Wes Flanagan. And we're joined by our man from Metro New York, Tony T-Bone Williams. Talking about the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks up there in New York City. But now he's back. Time for my man. For the boss report, it's going to be crazy. G-O-R's galore. My man's here. True speech. What's good, bro? Hey, what it do, J.R.? What it do? No much, dog. She we've been a couple weeks off now. We're ready to go. And, dog, I must promise you, today's stories are crazy as ever. Man, I can only imagine, dog. Let's go ahead and get it, man. No doubt. Folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's about support. First story, dog, is this. North Carolina man is arrested after dishing out more than 3,000 lethal butt injections. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. He killed 3,000 people? Yes, due to butt injections, yes. How in the hell, bro? I whoa, shit. That's crazy. That's absolutely unreal, and that's crazy, dog. I mean, 3,000? Yes. Yes. My brain can't even process that, dog. I, like, I feel bad. Like, I really... I can't even make a joke about that, bro. 3,000? How is he allowed to get away with this for so long without getting caught? 
talking about. That's, that's, that's crazy. All that in the name of having crazy. a big booty. Really? And now you're dead. See, ladies. Ladies, 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 please. For the love of all things holy, it is not that big. It is not that serious. I promise you, if you don't have a, a video victim model booty, it is it's some dude that will love your dirty jaws. Like, trust me. Like, uh, um, um, and this is kind of thing, a butt man. Like, I, I love butts. I really do. I am that guy that loves a woman with a great costume. But for real, ladies, it ain't that big. It is not worth your life, trust me. Just go to the gym, work it out, and just work with what God gave you. Because there's 3,000 people going, dog. That is sad. That really should be sad. That's horrible, bro. That's horrible. Well, we have this name back again. Florida man arrested after calling 911 to complain about checkers order. <laughs> what was that? I want to hear that say, dog. Hey, yo, this is 911. <laughs> They didn't give that Like, is that how that report goes? Like, what in the world? Like, come on, bro. What the hell? Like, stop wasting their time with that now. Exactly. I agree. And Wisconsin Kmart shopper arrested after rock bottomy fellow patron after catching him out on his hoodie. <laughs> Rock bottom is nobody that he's is. I want to see that security system, bro. I've got to see that. I have got to see that, man. <laughs> this is how this was Kmart this time. It was Kmart finally, not Walmart, but Kmart. This went down here. <laughs> Who still has that Kmart, dog? Like, what in the hell? But I really want to see that security system. It's hilarious, man. Like, my man, you know, it was funny because dude passed by him and his girl and turned around and looked, and looked at the booty. And the dude turned around and looking at his girl's booty and then went to attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and dog, he even pinned him for the one, two, three. Somebody counted the one, two, three, four. It ain't even worse. <laughs> I would have been that guy. I'm not even gonna lie, bro. I would have been that guy that stood across the Kmart floor and just out of the mouth, Because I am a terrible person sometimes. I would have been that guy. I'd have made somebody record it. I'd have been like, I'd have slid in like Earl Hamlin back in the day, bro. Woo! Woo! I mean, I'm going to look. I mean, that's terrible, though. You can't hide everybody. How did he do it? They didn't say and say. They said he's been doing it for the last 14 years. I finally got caught. How do people do this? How do people do this for that long? Mm -hmm. Like, how, though? I mean, like, how does nobody report this? I'm, I'm legitimately serious at the house. I am too. Like, really? Well, this, this is very crazy. Japanese woman arrested for attempting to murder her husband with dodgeball because, quote, his feet were so damn funky. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Bro, how? How, bro? For the love of everything holy, holy soccer, how do you kill somebody with a dodgeball, bro? How? How? Must be real, real hard. Or flunking how, real, bro? real hard. I'm not laughing that he's dead. I'm laughing at how. That's just ridiculous. 
A lot of these geo offers in this report already. <laughs> I agree. Hey, this is what we're doing here? Like, really? Dude, I'm like, Lord, like, how? Physically, how, how is that possible? Exactly. Well, this is crazy. Florida woman arrested after playing mermaid by swimming and entering beachfront homes naked and, pl- and screaming Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon Go and I'm not a bleep that rounds with a toe. I wish she was no. I want to be mad. Okay. So I want to be mad. But if she could pull on me on my mind, Judging from what you said, you probably is. So, ew, that's disgusting. And I'm just confused about all of that. I mean, I don't think that's how Pokemon Go works. Like, that's, I'm pretty sure you'd have to be swimming naked to play it, from what I know about Pokemon Go. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain about that. And you know what? I'm, I'm 100% certain. I'm, I'm, I'm 150% certain that being naked and swimming is not a requirement to play Pokemon Go. This, this. Exactly. And naked Cleveland man arrested at the teabagging old lady's couch and stealing her canes. <laughs> I'm sorry, running back. All I heard is naked Cleveland man arrested. <laughs> yes. Naked Cleveland man arrested after teabagging an old lady's couch and stealing her canes due to, quote, her refusal to give him money for chips. Huh, okay. Uh, ill. Um, ill. And, ill, you said maybe she did. Okay, alright, that's disgusting. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, in surprising Florida, man is arrested after making money belly dancing in bikini for people stuck in traffic. Like, ugh. I mean, li- literally, ugh. Just, ugh. Like, ugh. 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 Exactly. Ugh. Uh, knucklehead Kansas man with a concealed carry permit arrested after he actually shoots himself and another woman at graduation. Wait a minute. How are you mad at... Wait, wait, wait. First of all, what... That's really the complex layer. What the hell? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Knucklehead Kansas man arrested with a concealed carry permit. I'll be actually shoots himself and another woman at graduation. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a horrible at graduation? Yeah. Okay. Alright. Oh, that's horrible. Well, naked Florida man arrested after trying to walk out of Pestro with a python stuffed in his boxer briefs while playing with himself. That is a horrible story. I mean, every layer of that just progressively got worse and worse and worse. He covered it off bad. But then, as you read more into it, I'm saying, oh, that is definitely just as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it was. It did not disappoint, and it was absolutely positively horrible. I mean, to the fullest extent of being horrible. Like, first of all, how do you have a Python in your jaw and you have Python in your That is not okay. Nothing about that is normal human behavior. Nor should it be tolerated in today's progressive society. What the hell is that story about? Exactly. We. Hey. California couple arrested after engaging in or in live oral sex on a display furniture at H.H. Green. Hey, 
love. I would have so loved to have been married to that because I promise you, I'll be sitting across the floor like that when I'm married to my wife. One, two, three. Ding, 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 ding. Bring them out. Bring them out. Like, all of that. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Dude, I would have had to do it. I would have had to do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, bro, tell us what we got going on Family Grindy and see what you, you, you and the crew got going up coming up here. If we hit this late summer, early, early fall season, what we got going on, man? Oh, man, dog. Big, 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 big news, man. Me and Fresh are hitting Salt Lake City, Utah once again. Uh, next week on the 5th, we'll be at Club X, man. Uh, the season giant show is coming up and bring us out. We're going to be out there chilling, kicking it. We're going to put on a dope performance and a dope show. So if you're in the Salt Lake City, Utah area, definitely come out Monday the 5th. The Club X is going to be a great, great, great show, man. Much love. Everybody that's uh, fine with having us out there, man. Can't wait to slide back out there, dude. It's always love out there. And, of course, Cooking from the Underground is still available. Everybody can hit up FamilyGrind.com, IllStreetOnline.com, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or wherever music can be downloaded and or purchased. You can definitely check us out. Don't forget to hit up FamilyGrind.com and subscribe. We got some more videos coming out for y'all. I can't tell you. I can't give it away on exactly when. But trust me soon. So you want to follow Family Grind on Twitter at Family Grind. Follow us on Instagram at Family Grind and follow the Facebook page at Family Grind. Everything will be on there. And then, of course, my homie H. Boogie still got his new EP. Nice to meet you. It's still banging through the speakers. FamilyGrind.com, IllStreetOnline.com for the free digital download. And if you're in the Detroit area, man, follow the young cat, ACE underscore underscore D G E Y. He got buttons and he has a lot of giveaways at his shows, man. Shows and most young kids are going to fire out here. So that's what we're doing, man. I can't wait to hit so late. Can't wait to rock out. And we're working on some more stuff later on. Trying to finish out the year strong, man. No doubt, well, folks. So he's Boston Man Show. Hey, Boston Man, everybody's on RadioShow.com. Woo, 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 woo.